0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Metaphysical. Have you ever heard of someone just going about their business when they find themselves in another time or see people and events around them that don't make any sense? No, we're not talking about time travel today, but the craziest stories and phenomena about time slips that we found from the Bermuda Triangle to the mysterious Flight 727, from MRIs to the butterfly effect, there is a lot of weird stuff we found. So join remote viewer John
1: Vivanco and me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a show that's out of this world. And I got to add, are you listening to the Metaphysical Podcast or watching us on a video platform? Please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. And make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're watching us. John. Yeah. How you doing, buddy?
0: Good. Good. I'm excited for this episode. It's going to be a good one.
1: It's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah. It's uh. There's weird. a. Yeah. It's weird. And I think there there's a lot of uh, fake stories about the phenomena out there. I think there are. Important. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fake stories. A lot of people making stuff up. But then there's some things. Some 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 events that have occurred that are just completely unexplainable to all that are involved, and um and a lot of weird uh parallels between experiences that do seem legit that I noticed.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, we've remote viewed some cases that just turn out to be like false just somebody yeah. making a story up. And I think it, it follows this whole creepy pasta side. It's not a creepy pasta necessarily, but it's, it's just fiction. Right. And the internet has, has bred that in mass and, you know, it's turned into people even making TikTok and Instagram videos of their events or claiming that they have some proof and they put it on TikTok and stuff. like. And, you know, we've remote viewed a couple of these things and absolutely not true. Just not true. I mean, one guy in Sweden, for instance, who, I, the story is everywhere. He He saw his, came home from work, saw his kitchen sink was leaking underneath and he you know, he goes inside. He crawls inside, and and he ends up like I don't know in a future IKEA or something like that. <laughs> it was just no. He didn't end up in a future IKEA. That's great that uh, I wish that was true, just because he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he 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 supposedly ends up um, in the future with his future self, and he takes a selfie of him and his future self, and you know they both have <laughs> they both have the same tattoo. Um, and, and it's an IKEA tattoo. It's an IKEA tattoo because <laughs> <laughs> they're Swedish, so it, it, has it has to be. So you know, we looked at that one, for instance. Nah, somebody making a story up. So it's hard to like. It's hard to to decide what to remote view on some of these True. things, right? Yeah.
0: I think the more viral ones are the ones that I'm usually like side-eyeing like there was a guy in alaska who i found it was alaska or one of these northern areas who was basically claiming that he is a fisherman that goes out to sea and hears sirens on the ocean all the time like merm and he and he's filmed it i saw that one yeah and 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 on like i watched a bunch of the guy's stuff and i was like yes yes yes, not been right I just don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe. And and the weird thing is like, I believe that stuff's possible. I just don't believe him.
1: You know? Yes. 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 That was another one that we viewed just, it was like super quick, like one just, and I can't really necessarily take one session from a remote viewer seriously because we line it up between viewers, but I put one session on it just to see. And it was Nothing, there was nothing. It just seemed like nothing was going on. I'm not even going to deal with this. It's just a waste of time because I didn't even think that the data even related. So, yeah, I didn't think that was true. That's all over TikTok, you know? Yeah. It is. But, you know, some of the strange
0: things that are common time slip phenomena are things like coldness, um, almost this, like, flatness, you know, like this weird this weird pressure that all of a sudden enters a situation. Your heart feels heavy. It feels heavy. There's this weird depression, a, a weird, these just strange physical effects. And then the most common I found was weather related phenomena with this issue. And, um, the strange thing is, you know, and I would be curious to see how all of this other stuff holds up to certain, certain, um, you know, scientific tests related to um, electromagnetics. But one thing I found that was really interesting was, or, or that it reminded me of, I guess you could say, is the butterfly effect, that movie. Because the butterfly effect is all about a, you know, this person goes into an MRI. Now, in the MRI, an MRI is different from a CAT scan. For those of you at home, CAT scans are all X ray images. MRIs are imagery taken from electromagnetics. And there's a big spinning mechanism that actually um, ends up shooting the electromagnetics or creating the field that's somehow then creating the the images. And like this one spin I heard is like almost a terabyte of information. Like there's a lot of information that comes out of an MRI. And this idea that someone can enter an MRI and come out in an alternate universe is bizarre just because it's, it's, it's electromagnetics that's that are being used for the technology in the first place. So what's actually going on. Right.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, and then you have hot tubs, right? Hot tub time machine. Yeah. Great movie. A little bit of Red Bull in the control panel. And I mean, that's, that's where I do most of my time travel. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I think that the idea of a MRI being a cause of time slips or time travel is really fascinating because of that electromagnetic component. It's like when you get to anything around time travel and remote view it, I mean that's really one of the main components is is some type of hertz, megahertz frequency of electromagnetics hmm. hitting each other. So well
0: yeah. and you guys will be getting more into the um strange kind of um reality of of this in the next episode where we'll we'll dig into more of the the remote viewing that John and his team have done around this um but yeah I think uh I think this this weather phenomena is is really bizarre. most of this most of the strange phenomena I've seen in the ocean usually comes around crazy weather and I mean and we're not just talking about people dying here I mean I'm talking about strange things that happen on the ocean usually are accompanied with um with weather whether it be ufo sightings and or uh strange things happening on ships you know where where ships are experiencing more uh supernormal um phenomena you know and, and well you, you found know, this you
1: found this too right yeah I check this out so um my house at my house i had this um area that was like this closed in square area. One side was open and there was a door that just went out. It was like a tiny little patio area on a part of the house. And I noticed that uh, leaves would swirl in the middle of the area because of the way the wind pattern would go. So that was really interesting. So I grabbed um, um, a DC, like one of these things, like a a tri-field DC meter. Right. I grabbed one of these things and and I stuck it in the middle where the the vortex of wind normally forms. And the thing was going off with 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 uh, energy, like literally it was it was electromagnetic. It was electromagnetic energy that was being created within the vortex is creating a probably a static type of st- <laughs> static ele- uh, electricity. So you think about storms, you think about uh, low pressure systems which are huge vortexes or hurricanes, cyclones, even, I mean, they're huge vortexes and they're going to create probably energy on electromagnetic spectrum, just like I found with the vortex happening at my house. So I think that that is something. It absolutely is something.
0: But do you know what's so crazy about what you just said? No. Is that, you know, sometimes I feel like some of these ideas that we see in movies are not just ideas. They're, there's right. something more to it, right? And when we think about when this technology was being developed, we're talking about the early 1900s when people were realizing what electromagnetics could do, like Right. Tesla, Einstein. Then you have, what was it? The 1940s or 1950s, the Wizard of Oz comes out. And the Wizard of Oz, the whole premise of the Wizard of Oz is that Dorothy gets sucked into a tornado, enters literally another dimension. right? Which I would never want to be in. I mean, those those munchkins,
1: <laughs> those munchkins.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, really though, that whole thing—that's just bizarre. And then you know, you <laughs> you're you put the DC meter in the center of the wind and you were finding that the electromagnetics in the center of that, even in that small little thing, like imagine what's going on in a tornado. Exactly. That massive force, like could the center of the tornado actually be like do more
1: than what we, what we're aware of. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's entirely plausible. Um, And then you have the whole, what the whole idea of um, water, well, uh, water being a record. So when you get to storms, water potentially holding a record of things that have happened, you know? And then also the whole idea that electrom- radio waves are electromagnetic and, and electromagnetic frequencies can also carry information. Like, you know, what if they can, can, can carry information from the past as well, you know? You get this, this whole water and electromagnetic spectrum Interacting with each other, I mean, what's what's that going to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're kind of blowing my mind right now because yeah,
0: because if you think about it, like our bodies are comp- composed of what like 80 percent water, something like that, more? 70 yeah. to 80 I think. 70 to 80 percent water, and that water, like like actually water is evidence that everything is connected right there, because if water is, is containing memory. Right. And we all have like all water is almost like one thing. If you think about it, how how could it avoid being one thing? Even if you're taking it out of the air, like our entire environment around us is a gigantic, massive hard drive of memory. Right. Right. That, like that's a really crazy idea, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I
0: know and then us yeah. being you know entirely a part of that and then adding in you know the the yeah and the electromagnetic just it just seems to be behind what i found like look what were they doing what what were they actually experimenting on with the high frequency stuff at the montauk project cuz it was a it was a is a mixed bag of of high frequency and and electromagnetics you know
1: and- yeah, I mean, one of the, the primary things that we saw was that there, there, it was like, and this is obviously going to be super duper simplistic because sometimes remote viewing is just like an infographic type yeah. thing. You know, it's just super basic right. concepts where there was two, two frequencies being pulsed towards each other. And when they hit each other, they created a new frequency. And that frequency created the doorway. So they were using two different types of energies to pulse towards each other that would interact and, and do something when they came together, when Matt okay. just created this opening.
0: I guarantee that-, that those were opposite energies, that they were, they were throwing. Right. I mean, think about yin and yang, right? Like <clears throat> if they're throwing two frequencies together that are opposite charges, what happens in the center and the new frequency that it creates would be the doorway. That makes would be the doorway yeah. theoretical sense i mean right
1: right right and so it was like it was like once they did that um it created this doorway to it was like a, a bridge between it was like a bridge between um our dimension and another dimension right so that 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 it's like it, it a, wasn't necessarily a like 100 percent another dimension yeah, but it was it was like the 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 waiting room in a sense, and it was yeah, all dark in there, right? And and then and then when they it appeared to be when they shifted frequency a little bit, they or they added a new frequency to this whole thing to shift that center frequency a bit is when it would shift more into another dimension. So it's like you get into string theory and all this stuff, um, and and physics. Um, in the remote viewing data, it comes up quite a bit, but I don't 100% know what it means. All I know is this sort of like high conceptual framework for uh, what they were doing. So when they added a, another frequency to it is when it, it began to shift that doorway into just another dimension or another realm c- entirely as opposed to like a waiting room.
0: You know, I, I, this is my, my thoughts on this entire thing is after all of the research I've been doing, trying to get into figuring out what these projects historically have all been about, It, I think that, of course, the theory of relativity is a thing. Einstein's theory of relativity is a thing that they use in physics. But I think it's a complete distraction from what they're actually using to create the similar effects that the Einstein-Rosenbridge theorized, which is... I think, I think it's so simple actually that, that you can use electromagnetics for that. And if everybody knew that, I mean, think about how much that would change if people knew that.
1: Yeah, that's my, that's my feeling on, on this as well. (laughs) It's my feeling on it as well. I I don't know how or why, but I've often felt the same way. Um, It seems actually really simple for some reason. I mean, heck, it's like in some of the data that we've seen on portals, it's literally just a person making the correct tones, whether they're using with your human voice, with their human voice or, or an instrument or something, but their human voice making the correct tones that will, that will create some disturbance within a piezoelectric wall or whatever that opens up a portal to somewhere else. Um, I, and I don't know, I don't know how it works. I, I have no idea how it works. It's like magic. You know, it's like this with remote viewing. Um, You can remote view this stuff. You can get like these conceptual, a conceptual framework, a conceptual idea of of what it is about, what it does. But to 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 explain how it got to that point is is it's beyond it's beyond me, and probably beyond most physicists.
0: So, I Lindsay actually has a theory on this as well, and Lindsay actually. It would be really helpful for you to, to explain what your theory is, but then also give people a little bit more information about your background because you studied this stuff in school, didn't you?
2: I did. And I'll say I'm not a physicist, so this is just my theory, but um, I did study some physics. I have a, you know, minimal background. So my theory here is that if one reality is, or one universe or one type of existence is vibrating or existing at one frequency and either on purpose or accidentally that existence bumps into another reality that's vibrating or existing at another frequency then the waves of those frequencies will interact with each other via wave interference that's what we were showing here so yeah, that's yeah. how a door could theoretically open because you see the flat area mm-hmm. i know this is just a visual, a simple visual representation, but theoretically, my, my guess is that you could somehow figure out how to open a door at the point where these two waves meet.
0: Which, which would be this theoretical Einstein-Rosen bridge, even though the way they described it was by generating heavy masses on either side of those. But if you think about it, we're not sure, could electromagnetics do that? Maybe, maybe they can it it's like a different... It's like maybe there's more than one way to skin a cat is
1: what I'm trying to say. There is. There is. And I don't... I, man, this just gets really funky because, I mean, even when you get into the idea of the Mandela effect, which a lot of it is just a bunch of nonsense in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just people making stuff up and, and seeing what... I remember what, it this way. Yeah, I know. Exactly. What sticks. Some of this stuff um is... A phenomena some of it is a phenomena yeah um and and when we remote viewed you know what was going on it was like it it related to parallel universe theory it related to multiverse theory it related to inflation theory like the big bang inflation mm-hmm. theory and everything that um uh physicists have come up with surrounding that in order to explain aspects of the theory of relativity right so So, (laughs) I mean, even with the Mandela effect, on in some cases, there is um, parallel. It goes into parallel universe theory. The data specifically does where where quantum options occur um, if you take a different path than you normally take, right? So you get these quantum options that are occurring, and then and then there is a whole other universe where that quantum option plays itself out right and so what we've seen in remote viewing is that these things seem to like go back and forth they hmm. go back and forth over each each other i think and we just
0: coined a new term called quant quomptions quomptions, quomptions. <laughs> quantum options quantum options
1: so, so it's like they, they they come together they they move together and they come apart and i mean that's what the data was saying it's like like I'm just the middleman here at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like like that's what the data was saying. It was literally talking about parallel universes that are so close to each other that they they flip back and forth. Literally, they'll flip back and forth. I mean maybe
0: maybe that's needed in order to keep the the universe stable. Maybe maybe multiple, maybe the multiverse is needed in order for stability in the first place.
1: yeah i mean absolutely or 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 it could be like this like if there's a big bang if there's a big bang and it goes out it's like a pendulum is is everything going to come back to become one again and that means all multiverses all different aspects of self that we have through all these quantum options throughout all parallel universes are going to come back into one you know like a pendulum when it goes one way it has to go the other because the Big Bang would be, in a sense, the creation of duality, right? And as duality goes forth, is it going to swing back into oneness, you know? And would that encompass the whole multiverse, the whole of the parallel universes? Well, and you know, what's what's weird too is I think
0: physics it stays very safe with how they describe, like our physicists stay very safe with how they describe all of this, even when they're getting into talking about quantum things or mul- the multiverse. I saw some articles talking about <clears throat> how the multiverse is, to them, is the fact that if space is infinitely expansive. There was a Big Bang that occurred over here, but because it's so infinitely expansive, another Big Bang could have occurred somewhere else, and they're both growing Right, you know, right, kind of like what Lindsay is showing up on screen right now, which is a bunch of bubble universes. Well, that's part of inflation
1: that's part of inflation theory. Right. Yeah, after the big bang, like after the big bang came out, it just moved at an exponential rate. All matter moved at an exponential rate. Right. And then then when it slowed down, another big bang was created. I was gonna say that.
0: a cycle, right? Yeah, like a cycle. Yeah. And yeah. then another one occurs or something.
1: Right, right, right. So that's that's the idea behind it. Wow, man, I don't know, but I mean, wow, there's so many things we could get into here. This, but is, when you get the, the whole time slip thing, it's like, yeah. like, what people are experiencing with these? What aspect is it? Because some of these could be astral. Um, some of these could be hallucinations. Some of these could be truly an ele- electromagnetic phenomena. Some of these could be. Um, just psychic perception taking over all senses in in some area, overwhelmed on the psychic senses, because there's a record, um, there's a record of whatever happened there in the past existing in an energetic realm, like an akashic record in a sense, and and so you know, I think the most interesting ones are where you have a lot of reports of this type of phenomena in a specific area rather specific than the, area, the one-offs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Rather, I mean, the stories are cool. Like some of the stories that people have are really cool about their time slip experience, but I don't know, I'm not gonna spend time remote viewing that to try to figure it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> gosh, uh, you know, we, we're we gonna, for everybody at home right now, we're, we're gonna be getting into a few of these stories soon We're just kind of talking about the overall effect right now. But I did want to say one thing before we shared some of those stories, which is, you know how sometimes um, in mathematics or in physics, even in order to understand something, you almost create a variable that doesn't exist to try to, to theorize how something is, is occurring, right? If multiple dimensions exist and in every single dimension, there is a different time space time slips can automatically make more sense because if there is a slight merge of these two dimensions for even a few moments and you enter another time spaces, dimensional field, and then you move back into your current time space, what happened? And actually some of these stories are exactly that, that we're going to be getting into. Right. Right. Where there is just missing time. How, how did, how did I get here? at this time when all of my personal evidence is telling me it should have taken longer or there's even vaster periods of time in between those two, right? Now- Yeah, the whole
1: missing time thing,
0: yeah. And you know, what you were just saying as well about specific places, I found the same thing in my research is that we find these time slip. I've found these time slips happen in, they're more likely to happen in specific areas than they are randomly. And, and And where are those areas? well, one of the one of the biggest areas that I found this type of of phenomena is the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah., now, a lot of haters out there think the Bermuda Triangle, there's nothing serious about the Bermuda Triangle, but we have centuries of evidence of weird stuff happening in the Bermuda Triangle. You know, I mean, Christopher Columbus, the first dude on record to come across this area noted the strangeness of the bermuda triangle as he was as he was you know sailing through it there was some type of um activity similar to a uh, a meteor that came down and then i think it was days later or soon after he saw a str- very strange light on the horizon in that area documented the entire thing didn't understand it and there you go. The first dude, you know, in our history, at least the Western civilization was the first guy that got there. I mean, you know, that's, that's
1: strange. Well, you know, it's like, okay. So, well, I mean, this is in the ocean, um, ocean floor, like where's this phenomena coming from in general? Like what, like where is the, the point of the phenomena in general? Um, you, you know, on land, it's like, you know, the Hestelen lights, for instance, in Norway, mm-hmm. uh, it, where there's a lot of phenomena and it's been heavily studied, scientifically studied with a lot of different instrumentation to try to understand the phenomena. And in part, this is I don't think this is all of it, but in part, it has to do with the, the ground, the, the way the ground is um, layered from water to silt to granite. And the way the water flows, it creates a giant capacitor, creates a giant battery, in a sense. And so there's electrical charges zipping through the atmosphere. And I don't think that's all of it. I don't think that's all of it. But there's an, there is there is that aspect, right? There's this, this aspect of natural combination of, of Earth-type things that create a phenomena. And this is also why what you find these around um, mountains, uh, volcanoes, um, Areas where you have big rivers and a lot of granite, you're you're prone to find more reports of UFOs and paranormal type activity. In general, you have an electromagnetic thing going well, on. Why there, is right? it
0: that whenever a volcano erupts, there are the craziest electromagnetic lightning storms that happen above the oh, eruption? Oh yeah, I mean
1: that's that's part of the the eruption process. Um, when you get to these types of locations where you have a um, like a confluence of earth energies, you find paranormal, weird things happening, portals, um, electrical phenomena happening in the sky and around the area. And I've never actually looked at magnetic anomalies around the Bermuda Triangle, which would be the interesting thing to look at. I've looked at magnetic anomalies in, in locations on land. And one of the things that you do find is that where you have a huge increase of magnetism next to a complete dropout of magnetism in magnetic anomaly maps, you can often find, not always, but often find more reports of paranormal phenomena in the zone in between those areas, if they're close enough to each other. Mm. Um, So that's always an interesting resource to look at when you find, or when you hear of locations that have a lot of strange happenings, whether they're time slips or uh, UFOs portals and whatnot.
0: You know, this get this gets, what I'm about to say, gets a little bit more into the, you know like, um, what if category, I guess you could say. Um, but th- there have been reports allegedly of there being a pyramid. Like there was an ancient civilization, there is some type of of architectural structures beneath the ocean off the coast of Miami. Which, okay, so a few things that's kind of interesting is like, why is it called the Atlantic Ocean? Atlantic
1: Ocean, why did it get called that? Atlantic, right. Um, Well, okay, so if you go back 12,000, 11,000 to like 13,000 years ago on Earth, um, you can look at hard data, hard science, where the ocean levels were 400 feet lower than they are currently. And during the Younger Dryas period, from like eleven thousand to thirteen thousand years ago, there was within a couple of year time frame, huge temperature spike up, and then back down into an ice age, and then back up. So some great cataclysm happened at that time to melt the ice. Iced. The ice basically that covered all of Canada, right? Covered all of Canada. And then of that ice unlocked, turned into water, and literally, literally rose the oceans four hundred feet. So think about all of the land that we had.
0: Yeah, much more. I mean, yeah, much more.
1: So I would not be surprised for a second that there would be structures. There. Well, and and you know what was the the, the last episode that
0: you and I shot um, a couple, at least a couple episodes ago was the Chinese pyramids, right? And we were talking about right the The technological uses for a pyramid, even aside from just energy creation, which if it's if pyramids were used for that and there is a pyramid below the ocean, we don't know what that would do on the sea on the sea, like with oh, that yes. force kind of coming up and what it could create, even going shooting up with electromagnetics, I mean there's a lot we don't know here,
1: right, there's a lot we don't know, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you want to, you want me to tell you this crazy story? Yeah. Okay. Have you heard of Bruce Gernon? No. Okay. So Bruce Gernon, um, he is a pilot. And um, I believe (laughs) he was taking, excuse me. He was taking, um, uh, you know, trips from the Bahamas to Miami quite Mm -hmm. often. Um, You know, and uh, on December 4th in 1970, he, you know, he, he had to take a trip. I believe it was from the Bahamas to Miami. Um, And that flight usually takes about um, one and a half hours approximately. Right. Especially with the type of small plane that he was in. I think that plane could only go like, you know, maximum of like 187 miles per hour or something is some of the 180 miles per hour. Some of the data that I saw. Right. So he basically gets, gets into the air. He, he gets to about, I think it was 1000 feet and he sees this like black cloud in the sky. And, you know, he's an experienced pilot. He, he kind of goes through the cloud. It's like not a big deal. He gets through, right. He gets up to uh, 11,000. I think it was 11,500 feet. And he sees a massive black cloud that he, he can't even avoid. And, and, he gets into the cloud and he starts getting nervous because there's no rain. There's no rain in the cloud. He, he's kind of never really seen anything like this. And, but he was just like, all right, well, I got to get out of this. So he's trying to fly through this, this strange cloud. And now there is what seems like he's in the center of, of, of like a vortex, kind of like what you were describing almost. Right. So it's not like he's in clouds and can't see anything. He's inside clouds. He can see them around him, but he's, he's flying through them. And eventually, you know, about after about a half hour of flying, he, he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, he, he gets himself through and, and right away gets onto the radio. Cause while he was in that, nothing was working. His compasses were getting weird. You know, his, his radio was not working. He could not mayday anyone. You know, it was, it was like him just kind of like, well, let's just see this through. Let's get out of here. He gets out, he gets on the radio and he finds himself right over the Miami airport where he needs to land basically. And he, I think he basically, of course he was baffled, right? Especially because like all of the navigational instruments were not working while he was in there. He finds out. That I think basically he had cut the the trip in like that. It's supposed to take an hour and a half into like 45 minutes. Like he cut it in half. He lands in Miami. They're telling him it's it's a specific time, but somehow he got there way faster than he was supposed to get there.
1: Right, right. There's another story too. Isn't there another one of a military guy landing there, uh, he he ran into the same type of phenomena, a black cloud. I, I mean, that's like pretty common in these stories. There's a black weird. cloud, right? Yeah. But I think there was one where this military guy landed, but he landed somewhere around Miami or Key West or uh, not Key West. But I don't think I've heard Palm, this Palm, yeah. Palm Beach or whatever. And, um, and it was a, it, the air base. It was the same air base, but it was from like 20 years ago, 30 years ago or something. No,
0: I think you're talking about, sir, um, you might be talking about Sir mm-hmm. something Goddard, Sir Robert Victor Goddard. Okay, yeah. Although this realize. could be another similar story because you're talking about Miami and that was in the UK. What, you, what okay, 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 yeah,
1: okay, got it.
0: Yeah, but um, what is it? Yeah, this was, yeah. So he, he, yeah. Anyway, the what's weird is n- to this day, no one can really figure out what happened. You know, his fuel, he even went, he checked his fuel. He had only burned off the, the half hour or 45 minutes he was in the plane. Um, you know, n- no one could find any reason why he should have arrived at Miami faster. And yet he did. And what's weird is there was another instance of a plane. I believe it was flight 727. Right. It disappeared above the runway. Like as it was landing, disappears into thin air. No one can find the plane. Emergency crews come out. They're trying to figure out what happened. All of a sudden, the airplane reappears and lands and and what's weird is to everyone on the airplane they inter, you know all of a sudden officials started showing up they tried to quiet the entire thing down right but everyone on the plane said for them there was no time slip that they it was just like them landing and when like all of a sudden they look out the window and there's all these emergency crews and then they land and they're like how did that happen you guys just appeared out of nowhere right all in this one area where the bermuda triangle basically meets the miami area.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, I remember that story. It's funny with these stories too because okay, it's like in remote viewing when we look at these things <laughs> it's just it literally is like um descriptions of a portal, right? A portal. A portal. You know it's that it's that ubiquitous portal again that's responsible for all these these that we can't figure out that we can't figure out, but we know the components of the portal um, as far as the like physical components of the por- portal, but how does it actually work? How does it actually form and why does it form when it forms like really like there are so many things that that I personally don't know about these things, even though I've got the tool of remote viewing behind me. Yeah that is so difficult to figure out and, and become so nebulous when we, when, you know, we task on it because the data, like you have to think like a remote viewer, when they view something, they have to use conceptual language for things that they don't necessarily understand yeah or, you know, it's because, and they don't know what they're remote viewing, but, but if they don't understand advanced physics, or even stuff that physics hasn't even explained, can't explain or figure out. Or won't They explain. don't have the language for it. They don't have the language for it. A remote viewer just doesn't have the language for it. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to detail it out in a way that, that you could understand. So there's something going on with these things that I can say and look at from, I can explain from a very highly conceptual framework. But when you get into the nitty gritty, what's going on here? What's going on? And I think there's a lot of different things. I think, I think that you have a confluence of different types of energies along with even like specific times of the year, perhaps even astrological influences or influences from the sun during solar storms um, where things just line up perfectly on an energetic level. And then boom, something weird happens. And they're not something that it isn't like, like it just exists in one static place, in one static state all the time. They come and go. They move 100 miles away. Um, they move close to where you saw them in the past or experienced them in the past. So it's like like when you get to the Earth-based time slip portal locations, time slips, I don't think time slips are any different than portals. I just think they're they're these sort of like moving forms in a sense where they'll appear and disappear based off of different conditions and they'll move around in, in areas as well. But, you know, my thing has always been to <clears throat> try and figure out how to predict, you know, when and where these places would open. Yeah. But... So that
0: you and I can go on exactly. and through one.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's like, it's interesting, too, because then you have all these ideas and concepts around CERN and them opening up portals so they can escape, go to another world, you know. And, uh, man, you know, if this stuff fascinates us and the general public, you can guarantee this is fascinating scientists. How would you do this? How would you keep it? How would you create a static portal, you know, where, where it just exists there? You could turn it on and turn it off. Turn it on, go through it, and then come back. Whatever. I mean... <clears throat> I don't know.
0: It's just yeah. This just looks like a gigantic MRI machine. Look at it. Right. <laughs> it's like, of course, it's not. It's not exactly that because you're dealing with particles. It's a little different.
1: Yeah. But you yeah, know, they're
0: they're using some of the. Yeah, look. There's the MRI machine.
1: There's and, the MRI.
0: And this is what happens when it starts spinning. It starts off kind of slow, and then it gets it ramps up. And, and you know what's weird about
1: it? Huh? Yeah,
0: what's weird about an MRI machine really is no one really understands how it makes images because you you're talking about it throwing an electromagnetic field or creating one and then images are coming back.
1: I of wonder course- if there's I wonder if there's like stories like maybe on some I don't know hidden forum of like MRI lab workers talking about like what happened when they did certain things to the MRI machine or, or like (laughs) I entered a time slip while I was working in an MRI lab. (laughs) I, I entered the, I entered the MRI machine and
0: I ended up on the set of the butterfly effect. Right.
1: Exactly. Like, what if there's this whole, like, like, like underground world of MRI technicians, like, like going on, you know, time slip journeys, time travel journeys with these machines. That would be hilarious. This is interesting. Uh, On pole or something.
0: So, uh, Lindsay just pulled this up. It's how does MRI work? So, MRIs employ powerful magnets which produce a strong magnetic field that forces protons in the body to align with that field. When a radio frequency current is then pulsed through the patient, the protons are stimulated and spin out of equilibrium, straining against the pull of the magnetic field. Hmm. Interesting. Who the heck figured this out? I know goodness gracious, well, you know everybody at home um, hope you enjoyed this episode and this conversation we had going on our next episode we are going to get in our next episode we are going to get into a bunch of strange stories that we found in Britain. Britain seems to be for some reason uh, a place where a lot of this stuff happens. And we're going to get into John's remote viewing a little bit more on all of this and kind of get into the nitty gritty on that. We've got a few extra stories over there as well. So hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly did. And um, yeah, John, what do you think here? Hot
1: dub time machine. Let's go.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Uh, stick around you guys and thanks for being with us if you have not done so yet please like and subscribe and if you're on podcast please give us a rating and review if you could take the time to do that so we can reach more people especially if you like what we're doing and um yeah also we're pumping out clips every day on uh on instagram or tiktok Mm -hmm. if you if you're over there and um yeah we're gonna keep pumping these out and hope you guys enjoy the conversation as much as we do and uh yeah john thanks for being with me It's always good. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.